0: On this week's episode of the WNP Podcast, could the NFL's newest brand take home a division title? Stay tuned. Episode 149 of the WNP Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Grashaw Chase, how are you? I am doing swell,
1: thank you for asking. But to answer your question in the intro, the answer is no. I hate to break it to you, we'll be talking about it later, but the answer is no.
0: Spoilers? Yes. You gotta, gotta put a big spoiler warning right sorry. at the start. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, spoiler alert, know. no. What the hell? Uh, Going to be talking about some news around the league today, including the Kyler Murray contract. Was it good for Arizona to give him that money? Was it not? Uh, I know Chase, he thinks he's a bottom 10 quarterback in the league. We'll talk about that more as we go forward. Um, we got Jesse Bates on a holdout, Lamar Jackson showing up to camp, as well as some comments made by a defensive coordinator about Lamar Jackson. That'll be fun to talk about.
1: It didn't process what you just what you said in my head. What did you say I said about Kyler?
0: Nothing. You say, I um, thought the was a
1: bottom quarterback in the league.
0: Joe Burrow having surgery, so we'll let you know what his timetable looks like to return. Also, going to be taking a look at all of the alternate helmets that have come out so far. Some really good ones, and then some that are. Whew, why? Why even spend the money on those? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the main purpose of this episode: AFC and NFC East previews. Going to be a lot of fun. Starting with the NFC. First, because this is uh, one of those divisions where it's kind of like, I don't really want to talk about it.
1: Yeah. But. It's, it's pretty it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. The AFC East,
0: a lot more fun. So it's Still obviously what's going to happen. We'll talk about that uh, coming up. Let's start with Kyler Murray. He gets a big contract. Uh, second highest paid quarterback only behind Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? It's a lot.
1: It is. It is a lot of money. Um, you know, got got a pretty good guaranteed contract out of two. I think like 175 million totals guaranteed or something. Um,
0: 230.5 is, I think, the full duration of the contract.
1: Yeah. So, so good for him. I mean, that's what top quarterbacks are getting paid nowadays. So, uh, you know, you got to pay your guy. Um, it's definitely better than the ultimate of trying to find another, another player. You know, even though the dollar amount might be a bit for what I think Kyler fully offers, you know, I, I think maybe, um, He's underwhelmed me. I thought I had a lot of faith coming into, into the NFL. Maybe he's underwhelmed me a little bit. thought he going to be a bit better of a passer and a bit better of a runner. Uh, I thought he was going to be like a top three quarterback in the league dominant type guy, and he really hasn't established himself quite as that. But he's definitely one of those top seven, type, top eight quarterbacks at the absolute worst. He's someone worthy of never losing a starting gig. Um, and it's not worth ever t- trying to go find a different quarterback better than him while he's still playing. So you kind of got to pay him that money with the way things are going nowadays. So is what it is, it's kind of what you had to do. I, so I don't want to call it like a bad deal because you really have no choice. It's that, or you move on and don't have a franchise quarterback. So is what it is.
0: There is also a leak that within the contract, I don't know if you heard about this, but within the contract, he, Kyler Murray must study four hours of whether it be film or the playbook or whatever, he has to do four hours every week at home, you know, away from the um, practice facility and all that. That's built into his contract.
1: I didn't see that. What are your thoughts but on that? But if that has to be written into the contract, because that means you're not already doing it, mm-hmm. that's not good. That's 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 Jamarcus Russell stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: Four hours a week for your job? Yeah. Are you kidding me? If you don't grow up living, breathing, eating, sleeping, every everything... Football, and you're in the NFL, like then then maybe it's not the right job for you. Maybe you should have went with baseball.
0: Well, I mean, Colin Coward brought up a great point. Um, he was talking about how when there's guys in the league that are just immensely talented, like your Michael Vicks, like your Kyler Murrays, like your uh, Brett Favre's, Big Ben even, um, they don't necessarily grind film, whereas when you have your Tom Brady's, your Peyton Manning's, your uh, Joe Burrows, guys that maybe aren't as physically gifted. They are more grinders, Drew Breeze even. Um, he said that the Kyler Murray situation and those type of skill players, even though they're not grinders, they're still able to get it done. Kyler Murray undefeated in high school. Kyler Murray wins a Heisman, and Kyler Murray has been the best quarterback Arizona seen in quite some time. So he was saying that people criticizing him for this for this clause um, things are just done differently by different people and that's fine but at the same time I, I kind of agree like it's
1: a big story when this is this guy that you're investing 230 million dollars into
0: like to actually write it in the clause is the main part for me
1: yeah that's that's definitely strange you want your quarterback to be in love with the game be a student of the game always be learning. And if he's not doing that on a weekly basis, it's definitely a cause for concern. I, I think the talent is very clear. And maybe if he did put that, you know, effort into learning learn the game more, if, if this is really a problem in the past, which why they've written it in, which feels like it would be. If he maybe put that effort in the past, maybe he'd be a more refined passer, more defined runner, more defined quarterback. And he'd be someone who'd be considered as a league MVP type. But right now he really isn't. So hopefully that's a good step in the direction or step in the right direction for him.
0: Hopefully. Yeah, maybe he'd be a top 10 quarterback. But right now he's not. This is my opinion.
1: I'm not going as far as top 10, I don't think. I'd have to sit down and do a list, but, but just like my gut feeling doesn't say top 10. It doesn't say like
0: outside top 10. I. That's fine. Derek Carr is better. Facts. And Derek Carr is my 10.
1: Maybe a better thrower.
0: We're talking just quarterback in general.
1: Who I'd want at the quarterback position to win me a game. I still think yeah. I'm taking Kyler over Derek.
0: Derek Carr. Let's go, baby. Especially with Devontae Adams, the second best wide receiver in the NFL. Woo.
1: Well, we're talking about just quarterback, not, not situation.
0: No, I know, but he's gonna like show out even more than he has before.
1: So you're saying he is gonna win the MVP because he was going to win the MVP that season before he got hurt. Or it was a pretty good bet to win it.
0: I wouldn't say hot, that. Put it on the
1: hot take up, so just do it. Just do it. Uh
0: no, I'm just not just gonna soft. You can do it. You're soft. Yeah, well, I mean, you think Kyler's better, so is Kyler gonna win the MVP? Maybe. Put it on the hot takes. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Uh, let's not talk about Jesse Bates, Chase's favorite player of all time. Mike's least favorite player of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as he is holding out with, uh, you know, camp coming up, which, I mean, that's fine. He doesn't get his contract. The Bengals want to franchise tag him. Uh, I see both sides of it. Jesse Bates wants his money. The Bengals, they want Jesse Bates back, obviously. But even Mike Brown, the owner, came out and talked about how they hope to get Jesse Bates back. There's going to be more time to talk contract extension at the end of this season, and they really want him back. Um, but one of their biggest focuses right now is making sure they can bring back Joe Burrow, making sure they can bring back Jamar and T, and some other pieces around the team. So it makes a lot of sense on both ends.
1: Sure, it does. But at that point, you know, as much as I love Joe Mixon. The running back position is so disposable that like you just you sacrifice the running back position going forward after the season, and you just draft a new running back, especially with the crops coming out next year, and you go with a cheaper running back and you spend more money on your, on your safety on top of being able to, to pay your wide receiver and quarterback more. Like, that, that, that's the route you take, because Joe Mixon is the type of guy that like deserves to be paid based on his talent, and he's a very talented guy, but like it's not very easy finding elite safeties in the league, and Jesse Bates sure is held in elite safety.
0: Yeah, but Dax Hill, very good outlook. I I like
1: Dex Hill a lot, and it makes more sense drafting him, especially with this type of stuff going on. Yeah,
0: and I'm not saying that he's going to be a perfect Jesse Bates replacement, but also I think your suggestion, you got to look at everything. You can't just look at play on field compared to money. Joe Mixon is one of the leaders in the locker room. He's one of the C.J. Uzoma type of guys. They lost C.J. And, I mean, uh, C.J. Uzoma is a guy like that in the locker room, but he's not a guy like that on the field. Joe Mixon, you're getting both.
1: And at the end of the day, yeah, that helps Joe Mixon, but it really – not much is changing leadership wise unless Joe
0: Burrow leaves. Really, like it's, also it's, career year for Joe Mixon this past year. So
1: yeah, no Joe Mixon. I think he's an elite NFL. Or I almost call him a quarterback, an elite NFL running back. I, I think he truly is. But you you got to find other ways to save money to try to retain, you know, those talents. Because if you're just going to get super weak at the DB position and say Dax Hill doesn't pan out because he's a rookie, it's my play Samson. If he doesn't pan out, then you're in trouble, and, and that won't be good. And to see the amount of guaranteed money that they're like offering him, is like I don't blame him. For holding out because it's kind of a slap in the face based on what you see the guaranteed money being handed out nowadays in the NFL.
0: I mean, the Bengals don't give guaranteed money. so
1: But it's, it's adapt or die in the NFL, and right now the Bengals are not adapting.
0: Uh, they kind of are with Joe Burrow.
1: How are they adapting? Super. They happen to get the first they overall spent, pick
0: after he has a huge They spent year. like 280 million in the free agency two years ago.
1: Bam. But they're not adapting. They're not they're not changing to the new norm. They're, they're doing what every other team would would,
0: would, would have done historically. In so every other team in the world would have went after Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell? No. Adapting. High power offense. Super Bowl bound. Let's go.
1: Lucky Super Bowl run. Uh, I don't
0: know about that. <laughs> Um, The only thing is for me is Jesse Bates. I really hope that, you know, once the year is really starting to pick up, he just signs the franchise tag and plays. If he doesn't, that's going to be really annoying. I think that the only way the Bengals should trade him is if there's absolutely no way he'll play for them just because Jesse Bates on the team right now is a lot better than going out and getting a 2023 first-round pick. So I'd much rather have Jesse Bates... Play for the Bengals, even if it's a franchise tag and it's kind of you know a rental type of situation, versus going out and trading for a 2023 first.
1: If the Lions think they're going to be legit, like I would love the Lions to go out and trade for them. like after go, this year, like go go trade the, no go trade the like the Rams pick right now if they want to go out and get him or wait sign Frazier or something like, he, or the Lions pick. No, 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 We're, I don't have that much faith in the team. But if they think they're going to be legit and they can do it, then like that's the type of guy you go out and trade for because. It's not very easy to find those talents. And right now, you know, Tracy Walker is a great safety, but he's nowhere near the elite category. So I I would love to see him on the Lions, but I also probably wouldn't be willing to pay the price.
0: All right, Lamar Jackson, a quarterback that uh, a lot of people question, would he be holding out because he does not have a extension? Uh, He is actually showing up to camp. Very impressive to see him there. However, he is controlling his own fate because he is doing his own contract negotiations. So and I think this is good for him to appear in
1: camp. Yeah, I think it definitely is, and I think it helps him feel better show up to camp, seeing what Kyler's gotten, see what D. Watts has gotten. I think he's held out kind of a bit on purpose. So you want to see how everything else played out. Like he has no, like he's he's not worried. He he doesn't plan on leaving Baltimore. Seems pretty clear. He's happy to be there. He's happy to be their quarterback, and he didn't really seem like someone who was sweating too much the the contract stuff quite yet. So now that he saw them get paid, he's like, "All right, well I, I can tell you that." You know, this is coming from our standpoint that I deserve, I for sure deserve to be paid more than Kyler Murray. I feel like I should probably be deserved to pay more than Deshaun Watson. That's probably what he's saying. So, you know, at least meet me in the Deshaun Watson range. It's mm-hmm. probably what he's going to kind of say. And the way Corbett's getting paid, he definitely deserves that money. I know we're going to talk about something here in a second, um, and I'm going to co- comment on that as well. So, why don't we just, if you must, you got something to say, transition into it.
0: Let's do it. Mike Sando from The Athletic, he talked to 50. Different NFL coaches, executives, etc. So, uh, you know, there's offensive coordinators, defense coordinators, etc. A defensive coordinator, unnamed, talked about Lamar Jackson and said that Lamar specifically could not be a number one quarterback. He said that he thinks he can be a number one player, but not a number one quarterback. And he, he said, "I don't." He, in the
1: quote, he said, "I don't care if he wins 12 MVPs; he'll not be a number one quarterback." You win twelve MVPs. It kind of tells you everything you need to know. Lamar is a good thrower of the ball. I I don't care what you say. He is at least a good thrower of the ball. He might not be Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, like those type of of like just absolute elite top tier type guys. But he is absolute, absolutely a top half of the league thrower of, of starters, a good thrower of the ball, and he is the best running quarterback in the league, and that's not even a debate. That combination. Allows him to have a unique skill set that, you know, it's it, it's not like Michael Vick did it differently and you know was a was a more just like natural thrower in terms of arm strength, that type of stuff. But like it's it's a kind of Vick skill set where he's doesn't seem to get worn down. Um, he he for the most part he did you know face some injuries, but usually during during the season when he is playing healthy, he doesn't seem like he's getting he gets slower and slower as the year goes on. Um, he, he's good moving, obviously. He can throw the ball in the run. He's he's got a strong arm. He can get it downfield. So I, I I just heavily disagree. I, I view him as you know safely a top ten quarterback. I, he's above Kyler Murray without a doubt for me. Like it's not even a question. Mm-hmm. It, it just it it it's silly to me to think that you know he can't be viewed as like a number one type quarterback.
0: Okay, I got the full quote here because uh, there's only a snippet. Um, first, there was another quote by a different person said, "If he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game." That was one quote. That's and great. then the defensive coordinator in question said. Here's his full quote. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's really he's a really good football player, but I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a number one as a quarterback. He'll be a number one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. So many games come down to two-minute, and that is why they have a hard time advancing, even when they are good on defense. Playoffs are tight. You have to be able to throw the ball, and he is just so inconsistent throwing the ball. It's hit or miss. I don't that think his he's a full quote.
1: And I don't think he's inconsistent as, as these guys think he do. Sure, they're they're paid the money they are and in the roles they are for a reason. So you take take their word for it more than mine. I don't care. That's not a problem. I'm just sharing my opinions. I don't think he's anywhere near as inconsistent as they say. Is sure he has some inconsistencies. You know, kind of like almost any other quarterback does. It's very rare that a quarterback is just so consistently dominant throwing the ball. They're bound to have hiccups and. His pickups aren't like atrocious. I, I think he's going to be just fine. And to say that he can't be a run quarterback of all time, well, look where the quarterback position is nowadays. How many teams have mobile quarterbacks? You know, like just just pure runner type guys. You, you know, just off the top of my head, you, you got a Josh Allen, you got a Kyler Murray, you got a Dak Prescott, of course, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Trey Lance. You know, like you got those types of guys, uh, Justin Fields as well. But even like like the Joe Burrows who run minimally, or the Trevor Lawrence's, or the Justin Herberts, those guys move a bit too. Like the whole quarterback position is moving towards. You have to be able to run on top of being a thrower. Mm -hmm. So to say you can't be a number one quarterback is just flat out wrong because the quarterback position is completely different than it was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago.
0: Right. Um, So actually, why don't we just quickly go through the athletics top couple um, and compare them to Kyler. Sure. Because we talked about Kyler. as he a potential um, top 10 quarterback? Also, before we do that real quick, Matt Ryan was the 14th ranked quarterback right behind him. You had Kirk Cousins, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield. D- Jalen Hurts was twenty. Um, do you think that Matt Ryan is better than all these guys? Because I personally would rather Kirk Cousins over Matt Ryan. So I was surprised that Kirk Cousins was a whole tier below Matt Ryan.
1: It's not even a debate between Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. Kirk Cousins has consistently been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. He's, he's been—he really has been—a very good quarterback and it's not fair the slander that he gets so i 1000 would i'd probably take jalen hurts over matt ryan right now too you know the throwing i am a very non-jalen hurts supporter in the past and i still kind of am that way in terms of a thrower but he's such a you know he, he's a dominant runner and his his passing has definitely improved since he's gone to the nfl you can see that so his passing is adequate enough and with his running ability where what they run with the eagles they're, they're going to be able to succeed and you can win with that type of quarterback for
0: sure and uh Matt Ryan was in the same tier of Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford. Like, all those, Matt Ryan was in that same tier, which I thought was a little surprising.
1: You know, maybe if if he could throw more than two red zone touchdowns a year, maybe, maybe. But he is so bad in the red zone, it's comical. All
0: right, let's go quick. Kyler versus Aaron Rodgers, who would you rather have? Rodgers. Patch Mahomes. Mahomes. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. This is a terrible order, by the way. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. This is their top, you know, uh, rankings based on the coordinators and everything. it's t- terrible. Uh, start of tier two, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Uh, Russell Wilson.
1: That's close. I'll give the edge to Russ for the experience.
0: Um, This one, we're only taking in account the uh, actual play on field. So, Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking only to play on field, Deshaun Watson is the top three, so...
0: Uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar. So yeah, I guess that both would also have the top ten right there. And then wow, look at that, Dak Prescott versus Kyler. I'm taking Kyler. I would too. Derek Carr versus Kyler. I'm taking Kyler right now. I take Carr. So you would have Kyler as your eleven. He's my
1: he's my eleven quarterback. I would have him as
0: my twelve. So which well actually you no know, he's
1: twelve because Trey Lance is number one obviously.
0: Yeah no, no.
1: But yeah right right now so I, I, I'd have him as eleven. You could argue he'd be in the, te- in the ten because I'd probably have like Russell Wilson as my ten. Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: and I I think Russ is great but. He does have a strong tendency to start big and then slow down heavy, which yep. is a very big concern for the quarterback position.
0: All right, Joe Burrow, he's having surgery in the next coming days. A pe- uh, appendicitis, true so, team player. Yeah, a true team player. He's like, you know, you know what? What's
1: really going to help if I get a little more mo- mobile? What if what if I take out a couple pounds? It's going to add my speed a little bit. So that's what Joe Burrow is doing here. Ultimate team guy, but in all reality, obviously, appendicitis pops up. It's a tough thing to deal with. Um, I haven't had to deal with it. Knock on wood. Um but I, I know people that have, and it's, it's definitely not. Doesn't seem fun, so you know it should be not too long recovery time. But right, it'll, it'll be a good break. He doesn't really need to be playing in these game in these games. He can't stay away. Just you don't need to risk anything of him too. So just you know, let him take his time healing. He'll be fine.
0: Absolutely. I don't know what the average heal time is, but it's definitely not as bad as you know an Achilles ACL. No, I mean, it is not. Know, all, a, all, like all that cup- kind of
1: stuff. It's, it's a couple weeks yeah. max.
0: So Burrow gonna be ready to go. Uh, alternate helmets. I kind of wanted to go through every one, but we're on a bit of a time constraint and we've got a big segment when it comes to division preview. So let's just hit on maybe our top two and our bottom two. If you're cool with that.
1: Yeah, it works for me. I'll go first. You want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Number one is Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, it, sir. It, it just, it, it's going to look so good on those whites. It really is. Um, it, it It's just nice, clean, simple, but unique mm-hmm. at the same time. and And that that's, that's what you want to hit on as a uniform as a jersey you want it to be simple but unique and it really just pops so Bengals are clearly one my number two is the carolina panthers it's tough between them and the jets honestly they're they're fighting for that number two spot but i'm gonna go with the panthers i really love black on blue or blue on black I guess technically is what that would be um i i love that color scheme it looks so good with their logo on the helmet everything looks really nice it just looks clean um it's great, and then as I said, I will
0: mention with the Jets, um, the green looks great on it as well. Mm-hmm. What are your top two? Uh, the Bengals number one pretty easily. I like the Panthers a lot too, but to be different, I'll go with the Cowboys. Um, it's similar to the Bengals where it's just super clean, and there's some uh, jerseys or not jerseys, excuse me, helmets in here that are pretty simple, nothing too different. Um, but the Cowboys, they have a little bit extra going on with the stripes, which make me which makes me like it a little bit more. Plus. White helmets just look clean. I don't know. The Patriots alternate helmet looks really nice too. So, um, yeah. there's a couple, but I would say the Cowboys. Yeah,
1: you know that, that, that's that's fair. Um, bottom two though, for me right now,
0: that I just I want to show you something just in case you forgot because this came out like super uh, early on. Let me just make sure the recording doesn't you know blow up. Do you remember that?
1: I do. Okay,
0: just yeah. wanted to make sure. So.
1: It, it, my, I'll I'll say my very clear one for last. So it, it's close between that one and um another one. So I got a feeling you're gonna pick that one. Oh yeah. So I'm not just to be different because it's it's a tie for the second to last with, with this one and the other one. I'm gonna go with the Saints one. I really hate those mini logos on the middle to make it look like a, car, like a carbon fiber type thing. I think that's stupid. It just looks terrible. And then by far the worst, the Cardinals. It's that it couldn't be any more boring. Black helmets are great. Shiny black helmets with a black cage and your normal logo are terrible. Yeah. You go with a matte black and you can go with black cage it's fine. You go with that black and you go with a white cage or a red cage and it's fine. You just do that plain black. It looks like it looks like any high school helmet would. It mm-hmm. looks so terrible, boring, ugly. I don't want to see them wear it. As much as I love black uniforms, I don't want to see them wear that at all.
0: Uh I agree. The bottom two easily the Arizona Cardinals and the Washington Commanders for me. I actually have the Commanders as worse because I think the front of it just looks terribly stupid. It does. You just got the W logo right on the front, like right where their forehead is, and then the numbers on the side. I think it looks terrible. It's same thing with Arizona. It's a glossy black with a black face mask, and just not much going on. So I think those two easily the worst. Yes. All right. Now let's roll. The big segment. Now we get into the division preview for the AFC and NFC East. Uh, We're starting with the NFC this time. Uh, We started with the NFC last time, so I don't know if we're going to go NFC all the way through, or if not, then we can do AFC for the next two. But AFC for the next two.
1: Either way. Especially if the NFC, like the North episode, if we have guests on, like they're going to talk about the
0: North more. But also, you look at the West, we're going to have guests on. For the AFC West.
1: All right. Well, we'll figure it
0: out. How's that sound? (laughs) There we go. Um, Yeah, we're going to start with the NFC East. This was the one, the division out of these two that we're least excited for. So we'll just hop right into it. You've got the Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and Giants. Uh, The records last year, Cowboys won the division 12 and 5. The Eagles went 9 and 8, still making playoffs. They were the seven seed. The Washington Commanders, 7 and 10. The New York Giants, 4 and 13. So. Not a great division overall, um, but what are your divisions looking like or what is your NFC East looking like coming into the season?
1: Yeah, so number one in the division, I do have the Philadelphia Eagles going 12-5, 5-1 and five, five and in the division. Number two, I have the Dallas Cowboys going 11-6, 5-1 in the division. Number three, I have the Washington Commanders at 5-12 with 1-5 of the division. And number four, I have the last place in the league, New York Giants going 3-14 and 1-5 and and in the division. I think the top two teams are so clear and evident in this division I have zero faith in Washington's offense right now. I like a lot of the pieces. I have no faith in Carson Wentz anymore. They're not going to use Antonio Gibson like they should, which is a mistake. The receivers—you haven't seen enough from any of them yet. And there's really no tight end. The offensive line, you know, it's whatever. It's really going to be on the backs of the defense or a Carson Wentz breakout this year for the for the Commanders, which is possible. But I'm not putting my stake into it right now. I'd rather put, I'd rather bet on on the other teams. And then the Giants are just—they're—they're they're not going to be good. I think Saquon has a chance of having a nice season because he's going to get a lot of work just by default as long as he stays healthy. But I think Daniel Jones is going to falter pretty. I really got a bad feeling with Daniel Jones. He's going to falter pretty hard. And when he falters, it's all just going to collapse.
0: Yeah, I've got the Eagles at number one at 11 and 6, 4 and 2 in the division. The Cowboys, 11 and 6 as well, but 3 and 3 in the division. The Commanders 6 and 11, 4 and 2 in the division, and the Giants 2 and 15, oh. 1 and 5 in the division. Hey, I talked about it last week. I've got three teams that are all 2 and 15, and I don't like that because I think it's not very likely that a team can only muster two wins. And I think these teams will get more, but it's so hard to look at their schedule and be like, yeah, they're going to beat this team because. Odds on, they're not going to. But one of them, they're going to sneak one. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh, it, it always happens. And you know, I talked about it a lot last episode. I try to find one where it's like, well, it could happen because this, this, and this. And you know, really, that's that's kind of what what I did with these teams. Um, and kind of what I did with the Giants to get them the three because two just it seems too unlikely.
0: All right, you talked me into it. They're getting one over the Lions. No. Nah. <laughs> oh,
1: how about that? Nah. I I, I well, since we're on them real quick, I can see who I got my wins for them over. Um. I have them randomly beating the Ravens. It just feels like that type of game that could happen. And then, actually, you know, I do have them beating the Lions because that would be the game Lions lose. Um, Hmm. And then the Commanders.
0: Uh, I've got them beating the Bears and where's the other one? Where's the other one? I can't find it. Probably a division game, right? The Cowboys. Oh, them boys. Beating the Cowboys
1: on Thursday night. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we both had Philly number one. We did. So let's talk them. Um, it's they're they're an interesting interesting team this year for, for sure. You know when when you look at the Eagles roster, when you look at starting from the quarterback and going outward, Jalen Hurts is not a super talented passer. Fine passer, um, you know I'd call him maybe slightly below league average as, as a passer, but he is a good runner. He's hard to take down. He runs like a freaking fullback out there. Um, mm-hmm. He's just strong. He, he's like a Cam Newton type runner, not as electric, but like in terms of his run style, that's kind of how he is. So he's going to bring a good dynamic with the mix of the two. Um, I, I don't know what's going to go on with the running backs this year. I don't know if it's going to be all Miles Sanders, if we're going to see Kenneth Gainwell, or if we're going to see Boston Scott, but I assume we'll see them at least a little bit. But the running back position, you know, nothing crazy, nothing to worry about. The receiving core and the offensive line and tight end is really where things are quite nice for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I am a huge Devontae Smith fan. I'm a big A.J. Brown fan as well. I think Devontae Smith's going to have the better season of the two, personally. Uh, hot take, probably. I'll probably put that on the hot up. so I'm not going to lie. Um, but then you got Dale Scott, who is a very underrated tight end in the league. Someone who's going to have a great season with that offensive line, giving Dylan hurts a bunch of time to throw the ball. It's just, it's the best offensive line of football. I don't, I don't really think there's, you know, I, I, I think that the lions as a team that has a chance to, you know, maybe overtake them. The chiefs are, are in a strong spot right now too, but right now the Eagles, they're just the number one offensive line for me. It's going to help them out so much. Having a top all line the league, it just makes your team so much better. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're going to win games all alone because he's going to have two-and-a-half, three seconds to throw the ball sometimes. And that's a huge difference in the NFL. If you have that much time to throw the ball, you're completing the pass pretty much guaranteed. So the offense, it's going to be strong. And you go look at that defense. I mean, you, you got Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave up front. You know, those, those guys are fantastic. Um, the linebackers are, are solid. They drafted in a Kobe Dean, who I think is going to play a nice role as a rookie. I think they got him at a great value. And, you know, I still like Hassan and TJ Edwards. And then the DB core is very nice. And James, Rad, James Radbury, Darius Slay, Anthony Harris, you know, Avante Maddox. I, I think it's just a very talented, well-rounded team that I think is really going to win very collectively.
0: I think defense is better than their offense. Um, I still have question marks around Jalen Hurts. And I don't think the running back room is all that great. Um, will they produce? Yes, because one of, they're one of the heaviest uh, rushing teams in the league. They've got a lot of volume in the run game. But I think overall, um, Jalen Hurts and the running back core in general is where I kind of have some question marks. But they did great things at the draft. Going out, getting A.J. Brown through trade, like you said, picking up Nicobe Dean when he fell all the way to the third round, and then getting Jordan Davis, arguably the most talented player in the draft. I don't need to mention Jordan Davis. So yeah. uh, well, Look at that. There's a, a lot of things that they did really well, and I think that's what pushes them above Dallas for us is while Dallas lost a lot of players, and we'll talk about that when we get to them, Philly just added players. Uh, Now, they lost one or two here and there, but really, when you look at the collective, they just upgraded this offseason tremendously. So, it's really nice to see out of the Eagles. Um, This is a team, I think, similar to the Colts, when it comes to my opinion at least. I think they make the playoffs. I don't know how much success they see. Now, the NFC is a little bit weaker, so depending on matchup, they could... Went a round or two, but I think overall I see them more of a a one and done team. They're still a little bit young um, at the key position, so I think uh, the future is bright. And we have them winning the division, but I'd, I'd settle down on any type of playoff success.
1: Yeah, that's you know it's that, that's, that's definitely fair. I think it, it, you know it could be team that or come playoff time, but I think the way the schedule goes, it works out pretty well in their favor. So. Um, I think it should be a fun season for Eagles fans. It'll be a you know a nice team to own for fantasy. I, I think the run, I think the passing game. I mean, it's gonna be better than you think it is. So, not like dominant by any means, but I think he could be a thirty eight hundred yard passer at least on top of being a good runner as well. So, I, I think there's a chance for some kind of explosiveness to this offense. I I've got a lot of faith in this team, which I never really thought I'd say with Jalen Hurts at
0: quarterback, but I do. Uh, Landon. Uh, been on the show before. My cousin, he was telling me today that he's a big Eagles guy. Uh, now obviously he's a Raiders fan first, but uh, I was a little bit surprised when he said he was a big Eagles guy. Like, that's not a team you necessarily say you're a big fan of.
1: Yeah, and it's a team that's very different than his favorite team, too. Right. So if, if it was a team that had a lot of similarities, you know, like, sure, you know, I, I like the Jags because, you know, the Lions, Misery Loves Company, two terrible teams, terrible franchises. Um, but the Jags, or the, um, the the Raiders mm-hmm. and the Eagles are just they're very different in how they approach everything, so it's definitely weird.
0: All right, let's not talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think you and I both have them at eleven and six. Yeah, my playoff predictor.
1: I so I, I forgot that it freaked out one day, and um, the changes I made to it once because I went through made some changes didn't save, so I still have them at twelve and five in here. But I'm okay. but, but a lot. I got to figure out which game it was that I had them losing, but it was I do have them eleven and six, so I feel better at.
0: Gotcha. Uh, what was funny is I had a problem with the Cowboys too. They were eleven and five, and for some reason, I would go through their schedule and couldn't find who, um, you know, they didn't have a win or loss against. And then I went through every single other team and found the other team, um, and had to do it on their sheet, not the Cowboys. Weird, yeah, very weird. But uh, some of the big departures for the Cowboys, obviously, Amari Cooper, we know about him. Randy Gregory, he went over to Denver. Cedric Wilson to Miami. Leal Collins goes to Cincinnati. Connor Williams goes to Miami as well, so uh, they lost a lot of pieces and didn't necessarily bring all of them back, or at least fill those positions. They brought in Dante Fowler, who they hope can do a similar role to Randy Gregory, but definitely not going to be at the same level. So uh, overall, team kind of took a little bit of a dip.
1: Yes, it, it it definitely did, but you know, I still think that it's a team that's. You know, in a a relatively nice spot for for a playoff contention team, you know, not necessarily dominant, but a team that should be playoffs, not really too too much of a concern at the end of the day. Dak is a good quarterback. He's not some absolute monster, but he's a very, very reliable, trustworthy quarterback as long as he stays healthy. I've got more faith in Zeke than you do. You've got more faith in Tony Pollard than I do. Regardless, those two are combining for one of the better running back duels in the league, in my opinion. And then... When you got CeeDee Lamb, um, Michael Gallup was ready for a breakout. It's a nice receiving core on top of Dalton Schultz, who's a, arguably a top six tight end in the league, maybe even higher. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The offense has enough to be electric, and then they have, you know, uh, the top three defensive player in the league right now already, in Micah Parsons. There's just there's, an, there's enough top-end talent in place where this team should be able to win with those top-end guys, and then, you know, the rest can kind of fill in when you look at like a Der Esch. He struggled a little bit the last few years. He'll fill in Jab- Jabril Cox to hopefully see the field at linebacker as well. Um, You know, the DBs, Trayvon Diggs obviously lets up a lot of yards, but he's he's good at pick in the ball. So if he can even just bring down that yardage total a little bit, him with Calvin Joseph, you know, it, it should be a, a nice duo, not necessarily great, not necessarily terrible. So there, there's, there's enough around those elite pieces where this team could go on and have some real success.
0: Yeah, I think that's the big difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys is the Cowboys at their peak could be a fantastic team because they have a lot of very high-end talent. Where the Eagles, more of a well-rounded team with good talent at every other position. So, uh, you know, are you getting the consistency? Or are you going to see the high end versus low end of the Cowboys? That's where your decision comes down to. Uh, We both went the Eagles. uh, The draft, decent. They added Tyler Smith, offensive tackle out of Tulsa. Sam Williams, who I know a lot of people liked on the edge position. And then Jalen Tolbert, who is... A fantasy darling right now. A lot of people are trying to pick up Jalen Tolbert, hoping that he'll do something.
1: It all depends on how early Michael Gallup plays. If Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup plays week one because there's a he wouldn't, Tolbert's not going to see the field because James Washington's going to play the slot, and you got CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup on the outside.
0: Here's the thing, though, with James Washington. Um, it, it seems obvious that he would be the guy over Jalen Tolbert over a, a third-round rookie, but James Washington has gotten beat out by Deontay Johnson who's an elite NFL receiver by Chase Claypool. They played different roles is the problem, but he's had, he's supposed to be that number two or number three guy for the past couple of years on the Steelers. And he's just gotten beat every time. Yeah. So
1: it's fair to have the the skepticism, but he's just the most pure slot receiver on this roster. So I'm he's going to, if he's, if we're going to have a slot guy, if it's not Tony Pollard getting those slot snaps, it's going to be James Washington. So
0: Deontay Johnson, elite wide receiver. I don't know about that. He, I mean, he definitely is. He
1: had this, you know, he had the struggles with drops. But if, if you look at the separation numbers, he's always among the top in the league. Like he, he's an elite separator.
0: I, it just, it's just the case, dude. But the thing is, you can't be an elite wide receiver if you have that elite separation yet still don't do anything with it.
1: What do you want him to do? He had the freaking grandpa throwing him the ball. Now he's got Kenny Pickett or freaking Mitch Trubisky. Poor guy. He's gonna walk for agency. He's gonna go somewhere with a better quarterback situation, and he's gonna play really well. AJ
0: Green had Andy Dalton, and AJ Green's oh, had Pro Bowl Andy Dalton, fantastic Pro, Pro Bowl or Andy Dalton, Pro Pro Bowl or Big Ben, corpse Super corpse. Bowl winner Big Ben, corpse of
1: big of Big Ben, Bigs Ben, Bigs Ben, Bigs Bunny.
0: All right, let's talk about the Washington Commanders now. You do and have, I both have, have them uh, third. So this we, is so we do have to talk about them. This is a team where I see them kind of similar to how I was talking about Jacksonville last or in the last episode where I don't have them winning a lot of games, but I think there's pieces such as Trevor Lawrence with the Jags that can really elevate them. Uh, this Washington commanders team, I think if the defense can really step up, they stay healthy. Like chase young, he got injured last year, but if they can stay healthy, if Carson Wentz, uh, doesn't absolutely ruin everything for them with his turnovers, then I think very likely Washington could be a team fighting for a playoff spot and not at six and eleven like I have them.
1: Yeah, and you know I am a five and twelve because I don't have a lot of faith right now in the offense and it, it's not impossible. The, the defense should play fine. Chase Young, if he bounces bounces back and becomes an elite player like he was thought of becoming out of the draft, um, combining him with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Ian Mathis Mathis, uh, you know, Jamin Davis, you got all these guys that are going to be going after the quarterback a little bit and. You can't double team everybody, so that means someone's bound to have success getting the quarterback this year, which will be nice. Um, so if, if he can hit that elite level, like he was supposed to, then it'll be a lot better of an outlook for the team. But right now, um, you know, I'm kind of accounting on him taking a step forward, but not necessarily that elite step that that is necessary. The offense is where my problem really is. Um, yeah, you got Carson Wentz. That's that's fine. I think. Sam Howell starts at some point in the season because things are gonna go wrong for Carson Wentz. I don't have much faith anymore. Um the running backs they already said they're not gonna give Antonio Gibson the workhorse,
0: mm-hmm. which he's a
1: I think he's a better as good as J.D. McKissick is as a pass cutter pass catcher, I think that like Antonio Gibson's at least equal, if not better, and is just a way better runner. So let him be the workhorse. Let Brian Robinson spell, him. maybe use JD McKissick in some like slot opportunities, maybe use him as, you know, a a guy that you, you, you spell Gibson for in some passing situations if he's getting tired, but I think Gibson needs to be used a lot more. The receivers, Terry McLaurin has yet to be a consistent dominant player. He's had some good signs, but right now he's looking more like a D-Jax type guy where he has five good games a year. And then he has 12 nothing games a year. John Dotson's a rookie. Curtis Samuel couldn't say healthy. So we'll see. And then the offensive line, I'm just like Charles. I know. Yeah, it's a nice addition, but as a whole, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of it. I, I think, Sam McCosney's got a chance to take a good step, but he was someone that was a little bit more of a development piece for me anyway coming out of the draft. So he might need another year before he's really that kind of dude.
0: Yeah, and losing your best offensive lineman and Brandon Scherf, that's going to hurt too. So uh, this is just a team where I think we have their record where it is for a reason because when you look at other teams, when you compare them to other teams, they're just not necessarily there. But it's going to be a team that can keep games close, and they're going to be able to squeak some out. So, yeah, uh, I think very likely they could be going eight to nine wins, but we'll have to wait and see. It's a team I'm just not very excited for. Like, uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Chase Young and some of the players in that defense can do. But I think that's about it.
1: Yeah. It would be cool if you kind of go back to the um, Jonathan Stewart and what's his nuts with the Panthers back in the day. The duo that um, that that Ron Rivera had. Yeah. I drawing a I don't know the other. But anyways, if, it'd be cool if Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson became that. Like Then it would be more fun to watch the offense, but I don't think they're going to become that. So don't have too much stock in it. So the offense shouldn't be that fun to watch.
0: All right, let's not talk about the New York Giants. Uh, this could be yet another team where the offense is kind of not that fun to watch. Obviously, you have Saquon Barkley, but when you look at what was that passing game last year, it was ugly. I mean, Kenny Galladay... Couldn't stay healthy, uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, guys that couldn't stay healthy. Daniel Jones couldn't stay like, no one could stay healthy. But at the same time, when they were, I wasn't all that impressed. So no, I mean Daniel Jones only had ten passing touchdowns last year, dude. Hmm, not great. No,
1: not 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 good at all. Ugh. Like it, the passing offense is going to be terrible. I. Really, I'm not, like, a big fan of the pieces that are in place. You know, there's some fine ones, but that's really, uh, like, about it. I like Saquon a lot, and I think he's going to have to carry on a heavy workload, and he's going to get a lot of targets. Hopefully, he stays healthy. He can be a nice, fancy option for you. But in terms of, like, helping out the team win, he's only going to be able to do so much. It, it's just it's just not good. They kind of need to be bad. They, I, I I, honestly think they're better off, you know, once you realize they're going to suck, just realize it's a lost season. Daniel Jones called it called a career in, in New York. Yeah, just you run the ball out. You, you play some losing football, you get a high draft pick, you get an elite quarterback in this draft class because there's some good ones to choose from. And I think that's probably the best route, really. They've got you know a couple fine young pieces in place with Aziz Delari, Kayvon Thibodeau in the back end, you know,
0: or in defense, I should say.
1: Mm-hmm. So just run with it. Run with those young guys, get a young quarterback
0: in and take the time to develop them. Yeah, and they lost a couple pieces like James Bradbury, Jabril Peppers. Uh, Evan Ingram, who not necessarily great with his hands, but uh, was a guy who was very highly touted and super-athletic. And, and who knows, with the Jags, he could find a revival in his career.
1: At the end of the day, Evan Ingram had one of the best rookie tight end seasons of all time mm-hmm. um, in terms of targets, yards, catches, all that stuff. Um, he is the same age as Travis Kelsey when Travis Kelsey became dominant. So it's not impossible Evan Ingram figures it out. It really is that right. he has the right tools in place, but he's just... Has hands of butter.
0: Also, it's kind of sad to see where Kenny Galladay is gone. Uh, obviously, injuries mm-hmm. hurt him, yeah. but it just seems like he's kind of slowed down, anyways. He just didn't look good on the field at any point for the Giants. Uh, similar to like a Julio Jones type of situation because. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, speaking of which. Injuries. Yeah, he got signed to the Tampa Bay yeah, Buccaneers. Yeah, we, we didn't bring
1: that up. So that. That's exciting.
0: But also Chris Godwin's gonna be ready for camp. So if you're telling me the one, two, three is gonna be Evans, Godwin, and Jones, that's gonna be pretty dangerous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I might have I might have to make some tweaks to the Bucks and make him go 17 0 or something.
0: Uh I've got all three on my
1: roster. So in in um in Johnny's League. Yeah. That's see that that's a little too much.
0: No, see, I think it's fun because you know Tom Brady. He's gonna spread the ball. So if I just play all three, then I know at least one of them is going to go off.
1: So if, if you play all three, you should be good for a combined 190 yards, two touchdowns every game. That's fair. Dope. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dope. I'm down. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then there was one more thing I wanted to. Oh, uh, Kavon Thibodeau, like you mentioned, and then Evan Neal being the two big guys they got in this year's draft. The Giants that being uh, at five and seven. Um, Wondell Robinson at the two eleven. I like Robinson, but this kind of feels like the 2 2 Atwell pick that happened in this draft because there's yeah. the Rams last year who went after 2 2 Atwell. Not great. Uh, this one, I think Wandel Robinson's a better player than 2 2. Yes, he absolutely is. But there are other guys on the board that I would much rather.
1: Even if you want to go with that type of player, he's not as explosive or like in terms of like speed wise, but David Bell does a lot of the same things that Wandel Robinson does. Like you should have won David Bell. Mm-hmm. Like that would If you want to go with that type Way of later. Guy, Yeah. yeah. But instead, you go Dale Robinson, and
0: not good. Also, Kadarius Toney, what's going to happen with him? Uh, they were Sticking st- around, apparently. Yeah, there was initial talks that they were ready to go. And I'm just thinking, you're going to give up on a guy after one season? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's... From what it seems like, it, it could be like locker room, off-the-field character sheet type things. If that's the case, that's tough. Hopefully, he matures and figures that stuff out. Just, it's just from from how things have worked out from kind of what it feels like. You know, he got in trouble with the team last year for kind of acting that way off the field. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, he figures it out, and if he does get traded, gets a better opportunity, or if he sticks with the Giants, hopefully, he just figures it out there. so he does have a lot of talent.
0: That is our NFC East. Let's now move to the AFC East. Chase, we'll, cool beans. we would love to hear your records. I bet you would. So I do
1: have the number one team in all football this year. The Miami Dolphins, no. Um The Buffalo Bills, 13-4, four, going 4-2 four in the division, of course, making the playoffs. Um, then I have the New England Patriots going 9-8, and 3-3 three and three in the division, being the eighth team, so just missing the playoffs, a team that I think is right there on that edge. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they get two more wins or two less wins. It, I, it just, it's not as dynamic as a team anymore with Tom Brady, but it's still a team that has talent. The New York Jets, I've got seven and 10, 3 and three. I've got Zach Wilson definitely taking a step and the team taking a step, but I don't. I think I got him at their ceiling here, seven wins, in my opinion. And then Miami Dolphins, five and eleven, two and four, zero faith.
0: Five and eleven.
1: Typo. Um, good call. Let's see. Six and eleven.
0: Six and Six eleven. Six and eleven.
1: Gotcha. Still zero faith.
0: Uh, again, again, ceiling. Man, you're gonna get. Roasted by by a Dolphins fan that we know. He he can he can try to show me some sort of
1: facts that that can sway my opinion, but he's not gonna succeed.
0: Um, I should mention what we finished last season, the Buffalo Bills eleven and six, the Patriots ten and seven, the Dolphins nine and eight, and the Jets four and thirteen last year. The Bills um dispatched of the I think they yeah, they played the New England Patriots in the first round last year, right? I think so because it was the Chiefs versus the Steelers. Yeah. So New England lost first round, the Bills lost second round. So,
1: yes, but the Bills are elite this year.
0: I will say I do have the Bills 13 and 4, 4 and 2. Look at that. So I don't know if we have the exact same matchups, but uh, there's potential there. Second, I have the Miami Dolphins at 9 and 8 going 4 and 2 the division. Missing I'm, or making? Making or missing? Excuse me, missing. Uh, I've got the New England Patriots at eight and nine, going two and four in the division, and then the New York Jets also going seven and ten, two and four in the division. So, so
1: you've got more optimism on this division than I do. Not like a, yeah. not a ton
0: more, but no. you've got more. Um, I I think the Patriots are the better all round team than the Dolphins, but. If Tua figures it out, that can be one of the more exciting offenses in the league because Absolutely. they have all of that uh, potential with after the catch of Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. But let's start with the Bills because that is our first-place team. I'm just curious, what weeks do you have them losing so that we can see if we have the same exact?
1: I am losing week one to the, to the Rams. Okay, we don't then. Uh, then I have them going on... What is a stretch? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game winning streak, eleven game winning streak, whatever the hell it is. Uh, then I have been dropping games to the Patriots, the Dolphins, and then I also chose them just to lose against the Bears because they're going to lose a random game to some really bad team.
0: Okay, so I've got them losing to the Dolphins in Week Three, the Ravens in Week Four, the Packers in Week Eight, and then the Jets in Week Nine.
1: I might looking at it, I might switch my Dolphins games because I think the Dolphins will beat them once. Yeah. I do. And I might switch because now that I'm thinking about a week 15 in Buffalo is going to be not the fun, the most fun conditions. Right. So I, I I'd put more stake in Buffalo. So, so I get the end of the day, it's still be the same records for the, both those teams, but just flip which ones are, they're winning.
0: Yeah. I feel you there. All right. What do we like about the bills? Why do we have them first place in the division? You have them first place in the league. I've got them tied for first place in the league with another team that has not been mentioned yet. Um, so why do we like them okay. so much? Homer bias.
1: Um, I have no idea what the actual team that is for him, guys, just so you know. Why do I like the Bill so much? I mean, he looks good in shorts. He has a rocket arm. The LaGuardia Airport's okay. Josh Allen is elite. <laughs> um, so Josh Allen is my favorite quarterback, currently favorite player in the NFL. I've been a huge fan since watching him play at Wyoming. I, I just thought that every tool was there for him to become an elite player And. People are always like, you know, you can't teach accuracy. You can't teach consistency. You can't teach patience. Well, Josh Allen proved that you absolutely can learn it, at least. And maybe you can't teach it, but you can learn it. And he definitely <laughs> he definitely learned it, and he is looking like a stud. Um, You know, he's top two quarterback in the league right now. I have no problem. I would call him number one. I, As much as, you know, Patrick Mahomes, talent-wise, maybe still deserves that, I would call him number one. I have no problem with anybody calling him number two either. He's just so good, and he's so dynamic. He is a hell of a thrower, one of the best throwers of the football in the league. On top of being one of the best runners in the league with the, at the quarterback position, like he just offers everything you need. Now let's let's go dive into this offense a little bit, shall we? Sure. Starting starting at running back, Devin Singletary is a bit underwhelming, but he started or not sorry, He ended the season, excuse me, last year very strong, looking Ooh. looking actually pretty solid. So if he's someone that can really only get the running work, I think you're gonna be just fine. James Cook is an excellent pass catcher, yeah, and should be one one of the Better rookie options in terms of running backs because of the pass catching he's gonna get for fantasy. But like in terms of NFL players, I think he's just gonna be a really nice, you know, kind of dump off option. Um, good in the screen game, do that type of stuff for the Bills, absolutely. Their receiving core of Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, those two are just I think top you know top end talents findeks is absolutely elite. Gabriel Davis I think is the type of guy who I've always liked and is on the cusp of being an elite type player. Um, that playoff game last year was a really big step towards that, you know, t- towards that direction. And I think he's going to kind of ride off of that. Not obviously put up four touchdowns every game, mm-hmm. but I think he's a guy who has legitimate 10 touchdown upside. 1000 yards, 10 touchdowns. That, that's I don't think that's impossible at all from from Gabriel Davis and that would make him an, an elite player in the league. And right now with Jameson Crowder, Kuh, you know, Khalil Shakir Isaiah McKenzie, whoever the hell it's going to be at the slot receiver position, any of those guys are great slot receiver options for for Josh Allen. The guys are going to be covered less than um, Diggs, less than Davis, less than Dawson Knox, and it's just going to lead for them to be target monsters and just get open downfield and just you know be really just be um, you know like for like what the hell's them? chain movers. That's the word I'm looking for. So I think it's just a going to be a very efficient you know strong offense with with a solid offensive line and all the pieces around it, it's just going to be a, a high-scoring offense. I would probably bet on them being top two at worst top three scoring offenses in the league.
0: Mm. Uh, I think Josh Allen is the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now. However, I do not have him as the best quarterback right now. Uh, there is another quarterback that I'd rather have if the game was on the line to take them down and score, uh, Joe Burrow. <laughs> no, I'm not saying Joe Burrow's the number one quarterback. No, and but
1: and I and I, I can totally understand that. Like I I don't have any problem with people saying that. I, mm-hmm. I just the strides that he's taken on top of where he is right now, there's optimism where he can even round it out even more. Cause he's still young. He's still only 24, 25 years old, or 25 years old.
0: Mm-hmm. Um But I, I don't have as much faith in uh some of the other players on their offense, such as the running back core. I think it can be okay. Um, also, Gabe Davis. I think that a lot of people have just a uh, great recency bias, and how could you not with his huge game against the Chiefs? Uh, I don't necessarily think that he is worth. I I think he's going as like a. I
1: won't. I won't be drafting many redraft weeks. Yeah, he, he is going too high because crazy. because there is a floor where it doesn't work out. It definitely is possible. I am a believer in the talent, but. Like he's been inflated up to like third, fourth, fifth round and, and single quarterbacks, and like that's that's you can't do that just based off of off the postseason production. I believe in the talent a lot, but like I won't be drafting him in a redraft. League. And I
0: think it's pretty obvious that this offense is going to continue to run through Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So, uh really like it there. Uh The defense, one of the best defenses yes, in the league, with sir. just a phenomenal defensive back group with Tre'Davious White and their two safeties and. Poyer and Hyde. Uh, they also have just a, a really stout defensive line, and they added Von Miller to that. So that's really exciting, too. The linebacker core can be questioned a little bit because I know a lot of people thought Edmonds would be one of these elite guys at this point where he hasn't really gotten to that point. Yes, he's good, but is he elite? No, not necessarily. So uh, a really good overall defense, and then you're led by one of the most talented, if not the most talented quarterback in the NFL. So the Bills, 13-4. and four. That's not even their ceiling, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I'm really not that worried about the linebacker core because they're not going to have a lot of like heavy linebacker, um, like like seams. So like, when you got Matt Milano, trapmans as, as the core, then you know rookie Terrell Terrell Bernardo got there a little bit. Like like that that'll be perfectly fine with that DB core, that D line core. You know the the, the middle, the defense might have some concerns, but I don't think it's really too much of a worry because they'll you know they'll they'll have. They'll have their, their nickel back, you know, drop in a little more. That They'll have DBs help out in that middle of the field a little bit more where it's not going to be that much of a concern. I think I think both sides of the ball are going to be pretty dominant for the Bills this year.
0: And I will say that I think that Von Miller addition was huge for the Bills because although the Bills have been going heavy on the defensive line with Greg Rousseau last year, Boogie Basham last year, and then um, the defensive linemen in... AJ Apinesa, there we go. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, even though they've go, been going heavy on the defensive line, they haven't really gotten that production at pressuring the quarterback and getting the sacks. So I think Von Miller, even though he is aging a little bit, he's still a guy S- that is just pure pass rush. He's going to be a great piece for him.
1: Absolutely. And they got the best rookie punter in the league, maybe one of the best punters in the league already. Matt Arazia. All
0: right, let's talk about the Patriots now because you've got them number two, I've got them number three, but uh, it's not as big of a gap between our two and three as the two for me and the four for you. So why do we like the
1: Patriots? So Mac Jones is exactly what we thought he would be. uh, He was an alpha-ready quarterback who I don't know how much upside there is. I think he's kind of playing at his upside. Sure, he's going to get a little bit better, a little more efficient, but like he's just kind of another quarterback, really, at the end of the day. I think we're going to see that kind of play this year from him. Um, the running backs, you know, I, I like the talent of Damon Harris, I like the talent of Ramondre Stevenson, I like the talent of Pierre Strong, but at the end of the day none of these guys are me be workhorses, so the, the way they do things, and I like having a workhorse back, because especially, you know, a talented quarter, or running back, excuse me, helps them kind of get into a rhythm, and they can, you know, you, you'll see like a guy like Derrick Henry, he's better as the game goes on, because he's got a rhythm, he's, he knows when he's getting the ball, it helps him just kind of build, 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 as he wears guys down, he keeps going, and running backs that can do that, have a lot of success, and Damian Harrison and Ronda Stevenson are sure as hell built for that, but they just don't get the workload to do it. So I think it's going to limit their running game because of how they're used. And then the receiving core is just, it's just terrible. Yeah. Like, it's just absolutely terrible. You got to hope Hunter Henry, John o. Smith step up again. Well, John o. Smith just need to step up at all, but Hunter Henry has another nice year. Um, so I just don't have a lot of faith in the offense. And then the defense is, you know, where the bread and butter is hopefully going to be for for them. It's where they've kind of, you know, they they've rode off the back of Tom Brady playing well, and then the defense stepping up, trying to you know really help out what deficiencies there were on offense the last few years, and that's what they're trying to go for again. You know, I like Juwan Bentley, I like Matthew Judon, I, I like Christian Barmore, I I like Dietrich Wise, I like Halder. I, I like these guys. Like they're they're good, but it's not like I don't think it's just going to be some absolutely dominant defensive either. I think they're going to be you know good, someone I'd probably put in the top half, but it's not going to be good enough where it's just going to carry them to the wins.
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, the reason I put them here is just the respect for Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones, like you mentioned, he did show some, uh, you know, some promise in his rookie season, and uh, way back when we were doing our quarterback shows, we were talking, this guy's going to be NFL ready, but his ceiling, you know, not really the highest, and I think that just describes this team perfectly. Because I, I think the team as a whole is going to be a very well-connected group because Bill Belichick's groups are always like that. But where's the high-end talent? You lost J.C. Jackson, your best defensive player, last year. He's going to the L.A. Chargers. You lost Ted Karras, a good offensive lineman for you. Um, I, and you didn't really add anyone. I, and you added Jabril Peppers and Terrence, Mart, Terrence Mitchell excuse me, from Houston. But are those going to be guys that can come in and replace the hole that JC Jackson is leaving? I don't think so. I agree. So um, it's just a team that is going to be competitive is well rounded, but just does not have a ceiling in my opinion. Like the ceiling is right next to their four. I agree. All right. Now Jets are the, Dol- let's go to the dolphins sure because i've got him as my my number two yeah um the, the dolphin's big addition obviously tyree kill uh great to get a huge wide receiver like that um and this is where they are just putting all the chips in the pile they're saying hey go out to and let's see if you got it you bring in teron armstead the best offensive lineman available in free agency Uh, He brought in Tyreek Hill, like I mentioned, who's going to do good things. Cedric Wilson, a wide receiver. He's going to add some depth. Connor Williams on the offensive line, going to add some depth as well. They put all of their chips in a pile, and now it just comes down to Tua. And I think Tua is a quarterback that will be able to help his team win games with this type of roster. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I don't think he's anywhere close to the guys that were drafted right around him, like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. But he's he's going to be a guy that can dump it off to Jalen Waddell, can dump it off to Tyree Kill, and they can get it done.
1: And that's where my problem lies. I I, I don't think you can win enough with, with dump-offs. As talented as those two guys are, they're going to take more hits. It's going to require more throws doing the dump-offs, and it's just, it's just going to wear them down more, and I don't think it's going to work out in the long run. My ultimate... No faith in Tua is what comes down to my, my my projection for them. I I don't have any faith in him. I don't think he's that dude. I'd much rather be proven wrong than than proven right in this. I'd rather I'd rather Tua go out there play well and and be a fun team to watch. I'd much rather that happen. It's better for the NFL. It's better for Miami. Better for their fans. Better for fantasy. I'd rather see that than. Go out there and have them be bad. I don't I don't like bragging about players doing bad, but I just don't have like any faith in them at all. I really don't. Back up Teddy Bridgewater, it's just the same player as Tua, really. So it, whoever's going it, you're getting a limited passing offense. That running back core is just horrendous, just terrible. I, I don't I have zero faith, in Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. I was told doctors, I oh you're never going to play again. And he's going to try playing. So uh, that that's not a good sign. When Sonny Michelle, who has been terribly underwhelming as an NFL player, is your number three. Like, it's just, it, it's everything. Just, it's just, it's not good. It's just so not good. And then, yeah, the receivers are awesome in Waddle and, and Hill. But I just, I don't know how much I believe in, and how much they're going to get the ball. I, I just, I don't think it's going to be very deep downfield. I don't think they're going to have a high depth of target. The yardage total isn't going to be enough to, you know, carry this offense going forward. It's really going to be on the back of the defense, and I, I I like a lot of the pieces on defense, but as a whole, it just it just feels underwhelming to me. You know, it's it's young. You got some good young pieces, and I'm a huge Javon Holland fan. I'm a huge Jalen Phillips fan. I, I like Channing Tindall a lot as a rookie. Who, how much he's going to play, I don't know, but it's just it's just fine it, it's it, there's just not enough that's really saying all oh, this team could could repeat what they did last year be better than, than the previous year like, I, I just really don't see it happening especially with the new coaching staff in place
0: yeah I think that's the big question <clears throat> when it comes to defense specifically because over the last couple of years the Miami Dolphins have been able to put out a really good defense even though the names themselves haven't been super high-end It's similar this year where they don't necessarily have the huge names that you want to see on the defense, but you're coming in with a different coach. And will he be able to bring this unit together as well as Brian Flores did? I think that's a big question. Um, When it comes to the offense, though, I I have a lot more faith in Tua, especially because they bolstered his offensive line as well as his receiving options. So he's going to have more time. He's going to be able to... Uh, see the field a little bit more and get the players, the ball that he needs to Uh, definitely not as down as you, but I'm not going to come out here and say that he's going to just turn himself into a top half quarterback in the league. I'm not sure he can do that, but much more faith than you. I, I, I think that by no means is this offense going to be bottom 12 in the league. They will definitely be top 20. I would bet their top half
1: top 20. Sure. Top half. I don't know. Just because the running game is going to be so bad. It, If that stupid intern didn't put out the video of of Tua throwing that horrendously underthrown ball that was wobbling in the air, maybe I'd feel a little better about him. Because I thought he took some decent strides last year. But then I see that and look back more and see so many negatives and see like it just looks like he's limited as as a thrower. And it just his dad should let him play right handed. I just feel like mechanically, he's a he's a solid quarterback. I why why wouldn't you let him throw with his natural arm? But also, like, what, 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 like, just, just for, for real, though, real, before you move on for that, sure, yeah, you want your court kid to be different, but like, look at the left handed quarterbacks in the NFL and in the history of the, of the sport. If you're not elite, you don't get to stick around because the ball's spinning differently. The offense is flipped, it's just more natural to be right. Why won't you let your kid just play natural handed? I, <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's I, so
0: weird. I don't get the philosophy either, but um, and isn't Talia right handed? Uh, he's both. He's ambidextrous. Is he actually? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I see. I like that. Um, but I will say that the video of Tyreek and the, the the underthrown pass that was what a week into Tyreek yeah. being there. Yeah. And just look at how long it took Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to be connecting perfectly on their throws. It took them all the way through preseason. Um and training camp for them to finally get what they had back and that's playing together formally. so yeah. um I think it's gonna take a, a good amount of time and I think there could very well be a chance where Tua and Tyreek's connection is ready to go by week one so um but th- just
1: saying that there's no you're saying it took the Bengals till week one there was no previous experience here so it should take longer than week look one at the in theory. Camp, though.
0: look at the training camp difference Joe um, Burrow yeah. not really playing cause yeah. of the injury and uh this the Dolphins are really going to have this full training camp. And that's one thing with the Bengals that I'll probably bring up is this is going to be Joe Burrow's first real training camp. And it's kind of being cut short anyways, because of the appendicitis. Yeah.
1: It, so. it really depends how creative, if if the offense can be creative and find ways to get Waddle and Tyreek killing the ball in unique ways. because so I don't think it's going to be very deep downfield. I really don't. Yeah. Then I think there's, there's a chance that they outperform what I, what I have the map, but I just, I, it's a new coaching staff. You can't really trust that's going to happen right away.
0: Right. All right, let's quickly go over the Jets now. You and I both have them at 7 and 10. I mean, they did a lot of good things in the offseason, oh, yeah. bringing sure. in a lot of really talented players. And if Zach Wilson can take a step at all, like this is definitely a team to watch out for.
1: He's got that dog in him. Uh, obviously, he sure does. on social media. But, um, yeah, he definitely need, needs to take that step forward. Brees is an awesome talent. Um, he, He's going to be a very good running back as a rookie. He's going to be one of the better running backs in the league as a rookie. The receiving core I do love. I I like Garrett Wilson. I like Corey Davis. I like lot more. It's a great three to have. The tight end room is icky with C.J. Ozama being your one. Tyler Conklin's right now your number 2. Jeremy Rocker is your number 3. I think he's going to A lot like of depth Conklin. though. It's it's deep, but I think Jeremy Rocker becomes kind of the number 2 and gets some playing time. Um it just don't love it. And then, you know, if Priest Hall needs to get spelled, Michael Carter was fine last year. So, you know, all that's fine. The offensive line is just it's young, um especially on the on the right side where um, you know, the, the right side's a lot more where the ball gets run. So maybe there's some hiccups in the running game because of that. Maybe Vera Tucker and Becton both step up and play even better. And then the running game's fine. I don't know. We're, we're, it's kind of a wait and see thing, but, um, I, I do have faith in those two young offensive linemen very much. So I think they're going to, you know, take the right steps forward, but still give me a team that just needs a little more time to develop offensively.
0: Yeah. I, I think that a little bit more time is a perfect way to explain this jets team because They've got a lot of pieces that are very talented and can have a lot of success, but they're still very young. There's going to be hiccups in their game. And so give it a little bit more time, but they're heading in the right direction. No doubt. Uh, Carl Lawson's going to be coming back and I don't know if you've seen any videos of him this off season. He's jacked as usual. Carl Lawson played really well with the Bengals and I was sad. Yeah. I was sad when he left, but, uh, He's going to be doing well here. They added Jermaine Johnson, who was one of our top edge players. I love Jermaine, my ninth ranked player in the draft. And then they added my number one corner in Sauce Gardner, my number one wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, and my number one running back in Brees Hall. So uh, they just added a lot of talent through the draft, added, um, you know, not much through free agency, but again, they didn't really lose much. They lost Marcus May, and that's about it. So, you know what this team's
1: best chance of success is? Other than like, you know, like the obvious things, like Zach Wilson take a step forward mm-hmm. is their special teams because they have a top five punter in the league in in my opinion, Braden Man. I think he's great. They have a top five carrying league in Greg's zero line. So we we've seen, you know, if you remember, I think it was the 20 like 15 Chargers team. had the number one offense, number one defense, but the last rank special teams and missed playoffs. Mm-hmm. They have the number one offense and defense and so miss playoffs because your special teams are that bad. Tells you everything you need to know about how important special teams is to to the NFL and to football. And it starts off with a great punter and a great kicker. I think they have enough, you know, a, a, like athletes that are going to go out there and be good in the, in the return game. And um, you know, in terms of actually attacking and defending the, the return, uh, Braxton Barrys is is a really nice kick returner. I think I think he's you know got enough shiftiness where he's can go out there and have some success. Maybe there's some other guys that get some chance to that as well. But Braxton Barrys is probably that dude for now. If the special teams ends up as like a top ten unit, this could be a team that stinks in the playoffs. But I do kind of feel like if it ends up you know being. Like league average right now, seven wins just feels like it's right.
0: Yeah, and just just looking at the team as a whole, like when was the last time you've seen a Jets team with this many talented players? It's been a while. Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, um, uh, Ahmad Gardner. Yeah, you just listed
1: two guys around the team last year. <laughs> yeah,
0: but <laughs> but like,
1: yeah. uh,
0: and they were injured though. Yeah, I know. But, but Jermaine Johnson, Jermaine
1: Johnson, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson,
0: all those guys uh, on defense. And then yeah, like you said, Jermaine or. uh I'm just butchering this. Brees yeah, Hall, no, it's, Garrett it's, Wilson it's, it's on uh, offense, as well as Elijah Moore, who they brought in last year, and Zach Wilson. So it's just gonna be a fun team.
1: It, it it's gonna be a better team to root for. Um, and this is a team that has a chance to surprise, but it's not gonna like supplant the the Bills unless the Bills have a like just horrendous
0: season for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, a. Minor version of the Bengals, I think. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, not to the extent that the Bengals did this past year. but uh, It's all about your Bengals at the end of the day. It is. It is. Uh, the Jets are a team I'm actually really excited to watch and um, probably probably up there in, the, in my top five for teams that I'll be rooting for this season. Interesting. So, all right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. If you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Pod. It's again on Twitter at WNP sports pod. Uh, we do have our next episode taking a little bit of a break from our division breakdown going to be doing a hot takes episode. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Uh, not sure who our guests are going to be yet, but we'll make sure to get some on and that's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to stay, uh, Or if you are watching on YouTube, if you could, please give us a like, comment, subscribe. We would really appreciate that. Hit the bell to turn on notifications. YouTube will let you know when our new episodes come out. And down there in the comments, let us know what your AFC and NFC East predictions look like. If you are listening on a podcast platform, if you could, please give us a follow and a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. I want to thank you so much for coming out. And as always, we're not professionals.